0: Good morning everybody and welcome to Coffee and Football right here on on Texas Football. I'm your host Blake Monroe where I'm joined by Bobby Burton. And Bobby, let's jump right into it, man, because we got a ton to talk about. We've we got a special guest coming later today, so we got to get in all this before he even gets here. But recruiting, man, tons going on in recruiting right now. Not to mention the college football playoff which we'll get to later on. But let's start with the big news, Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker out of Jasper why don't you tell
1: everybody the latest there? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, news breaking overnight. And there's a reason I'm smiling right now. The Longhorns are on absolute fire right now on the recruiting trail, Blake. I mean, absolute yeah. fire, dude. Um, Ryan Broninger, uh, the uh, reporter from Tech ags on uh, Monday, uh, late Monday, I believe, uh, early Tuesday, reported that Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker from Jasper, Texas, uh, is likely to flip to Texas. Uh, and it's been a situation that's been in the uh, the works for quite a while. Smith, uh, according to Jerry Hamilton of On3, who just posted this moments ago, uh, is expected to visit uh, Texas this weekend. This is a big turnabout. This is a, a player that Texas has been in on from the very beginning. It is a surprise development, to say the least. Um, he had been all A&M for just about six months, had tinkered with Texas, Thought about visiting a couple different times, but I'm telling you, the Longhorns are on absolute fire right now on the recruiting trail, uh, not just uh, in the high school ranks, but also in the portal. Uh, Blake, you know what? Uh, Kobe Black, the uh, defensive back out of Waco Connolly, announces at 4.30 tomorrow uh, at his high school in Waco Uh T- Terry Joseph, the Texas defensive – or the Texas – second not secondary coach, but the defensive pass game coordinator – And also the cornerbacks coach was in home with uh, Kobe Black last night. All signs point to the Longhorns there, but he won't have his official announcement until tomorrow. Um, You'll be there, I believe, uh, for that announcement. So I'm excited about that. Uh, And we'll definitely be talking about that. Blake, the other thing that I would say uh, is this. Uh, They are lining it up to be an absolute enormous weekend for the Longhorns. Uh, I've got 10 names of guys that have already committed to Texas that are visiting Texas this weekend. Yep, Just two official visits from guys committed elsewhere: Xavier me and Ty Anthony Smith to AM. and M. committed, the safety committed to uh, Florida. Smith committed currently to Texas AM. Both of those guys expected to visit. Then you have the portal recruit Deion Burks, expected to commit uh, or expected to visit as well. Uh, he's the transfer, or a potential transfer from Purdue. Uh, there may be other uh, guys as well, but uh, I look at it and right now the Longhorns are on absolute fire. Steve Sarkeesian's on the road. Uh, he'll be in home this weekend or tonight uh, and today with the two Duncanville players that Texas uh, has committed. Colin Simmons and Alex January. Uh, he was in uh, Florida yesterday with Deontre Robinson and uh, uh, Jarrett Gibson. Look, uh when I tell y'all that that uh, there's a reason I'm smiling this morning, it's because the Longhorns are kicking some, you know what, on the recruiting trail, period. I mean, they are, like I said, they're on freaking fire right now. And I didn't even mention this. Ryan Williams recertifies or reclassifies to the class of 2024. He was the number one ranked receiver, uh, Jerry. All right, uh, Jerry. Uh, <laughs> a slip there. Hey, I've been so much worse, but you're good. <laughs>
0: um,
1: he was the number one ranked receiver in the class of 2025. He's out of Sarah Land High School, which is the uh, high school that uh, K.J. Lacey, the 2025 quarterback commitment for the University of Texas, is currently at. Um, Williams, look, guys, uh, there's that. I mean, uh, Dominic McKinley is possibly back on the board. There's just so much going on right now that, uh, look, Texas is at 20 commitments. You add Ty Anthony Smith, Xavier Filsimi, possibly Solomon Williams. That's at 23. You you know, you add some other – I mean, they're just – right now, I don't know what to say. Uh, We'll see if any commits peel off, too. Uh, Aaron Hampton is supposed to be getting a visit from Blake Gideon uh, later today. Uh, Blake, uh, obviously, recruiting him as a safety at Texas. He's been also recruited as a wide receiver and defensive back by Alabama. Nick Saban's made a home visit there, so – um, a lot of stuff going on right now, Blake, that's just, uh, I don't know. If I look at it this way for you, for for Texas fans, uh, not only are they coming up on playing in the National College Football Championships or the, the playoffs, but recruiting, look, I grew up in recruiting. It's what I followed my entire life for 30 years. Oh, Hunter, Hunter Andrews is also uh, coming in this weekend. I forgot about mentioning him. He is committed to Utah. He's the running back slash athlete, really. Uh, recruited by Utah as a as a linebacker, uh, he's coming in as well. So I forgot about that. Uh, but look, my point on all of this uh, is take. I'm trying to take a deep breath, and Texas fans should should do so as well because like there's just a lot of news going on, and it is that time of year where it's flying, absolutely flying.
0: Oh, no doubt about it. And Bobby, what's amazing to me is how many of these guys are early enrollees. Yes, I know you have been recently working on a list of those early enrollees. I'm going to let you tell everybody about that, because I mean, it's it's just an insanely high number.
1: Well, um, look, uh, there are 14 of the of the 20 commitments for Texas right now. Fourteen are early enrollees. That means they can get there right away, start getting in the weight program, getting the food, getting built up, just like Cedric Baxter did this past year. Help gain, Derek, uh, not Derek Williams, but Anthony Hill, get those guys, Manny Muhammad, get those guys college ready for an extra six months. I think it's just incredibly important, but 14 of 20 right now, Kobe Black and Z- Xavier and anti-Anthony Smith, as well as Solomon Williams are all midtermers as well, I believe. So if Texas ended up with 24 commitments, Blake, no. okay. 18 of them, if they were those those 18, would be midterm enrollees. I mean, give me – that. that's just amazing to me, Blake. I mean, um, 18 of 24, right now it's 14 of 20. That whole class is going to be enrolled basically in January. I mean, that's how you build things. Uh, we talk about roster management and development. That is absolutely how you build things for the long ones. No
0: doubt about it. I, it's just – that's a, that's a crazy number that there's going to be that many. <laughs> Look, I don't I don't do math well, but but that's like
1: 75-80 percent of the of the class is going to be enrolled by January. I mean, yep. that's when I started doing this 30 years ago, you may have one guy come in at the midterm, and it was usually a junior college prospect. <laughs> you know, over the last 20 years it's become more and more popular, but man, I don't know that I've ever seen a top five class, which it looks like Texas is going to end up with here have this much. Like I saw Alabama when you have I think fifteen was their highest number, but eighteen would be absurd. Yeah. Absurd.
0: there's no doubt about it. I am 100 percent agreeing with you on that. All right, Bobby, we got some uh, recruiting questions, uh, lots of comments, that type of deal. Um, for those that maybe are just joining this, this tomorrow, Kobe Blacks commitment, yes, I believe it's at four twenty um over at Dr. Uh, Min like Connolly High School Go Connolly High School. So he will be announcing. and then UT parking also says is built to me going to wait until national signing day, if he flips to announce it.
1: We have not heard anything uh, in that category at all. Uh, you know, I I, I think that uh, we'll see how that goes. He's expected, according to Inside Texas and other sources, to visit um, the Longhorns this weekend. Uh, him, along with uh, Ty Anthony Smith, and as we mentioned earlier, we believe Hunter Andrews of Magnolia also expected to visit the Longhorns too.
0: Big weekend, no doubt about it and then Ashton Hallman says how many do you think we'll finish with in the 24
1: class all together. You no, know, Ashton that's a great question. Um on this show we've been talking 21 to 23 all year long. Um I still believe that to be the case. Uh I think they'll end up at 23 probably now by the looks of it. I mean they you can't turn away Ty Anthony Smith, Xavier feels to me Kobe black. You're not, you're just not going to do it. Um, That may mean they take one less in the portal um, potentially, although I still believe they're, they're looking uh, more uh, at more portal guys too. Uh, And we can go over that later, but uh, I don't know what to say uh, right now about it, but uh, my initial thought process and the number I heard internally uh, from my sources in the in uh, Belmont, uh, which is the UT office building, or what it used to be now, it's DKR, the stadium, is uh, Texas is like was likely to sign 21 to 23. When you can get these guys, I mean, look, the guys they've been getting lately are Ryan Wingo's, Brandon Baker's, uh, guys like that uh, that have been announcing you got Kobe Black tomorrow. You're going to take those guys every single day you can.
0: All right, Bobby, let's take a couple more questions here. Actually, let's do this comment uh, from David Williams, which, because I'm in agreement, the Texans definitely gets Kobe Black and, and flips. Feels to me, the only remaining needs, real remaining needs, would be a great linebacker, outside linebacker, and a dominant playmaking defensive tackle. That could be Ty Anthony Smith and Dom McKinley, says David Williams.
1: No, as usual, David Williams, really intelligent um, post uh, in the comment here. I, I agree. Uh, I think they need another uh, interior defensive lineman uh, in this class. If they can get him, if not, they have to go to the portal. Okay. I think they may need to go to the portal no matter what Blake. Uh, But I'll add this about Texas uh, and uh, you know, whether it's Dominic McKinley or somebody they find in the portal uh, they're, they're just on track right now. They are becoming a hot team if they're not already. Um, Sark and, The Texas team is resonating with recruits at the at the uncategorical or categorically the um, most important time of the year. These next eight days. Right. Because signing day is December 20th. Eight days from today. These next eight days are categorically the most important because you have guys peel off. I mean, A&M right now, it's not just Ty Anthony Smith that's peeling off. They're losing guys left and right. Okay, Texas is. I mean, Jarrett Gibson told Jerry Hamilton that he's solid. Uh, Jerry Hamilton of on three and in inside Texas, that he's solid to uh, the Longhorns. So my opinion is that um, there is no better time, and this will carry on. I believe into the spring when the t- class of twenty twenty five gets going too. So A and M over the last four or five years has been the destination from a preseason uh, visit type situation at, at their school, that's gone. Elijah Robinson, the uh, former defensive line there, a coach at, at A&M, is trying to pillage that class. They just took a wide receiver away from A&M, I think, uh, to Syracuse. Robinson went to Syracuse. Now you have him going in home with Dominic McKinley, just like Sarks going in home uh, with Dominic McKinley. All of this combined, Blake, it, it is it is very interesting to me because it is a whirlwind of act- activity that's going crazy right now. And and frankly, it's every everywhere I look, it's in favor of the Longhorns.
2: Yeah. I mean,
1: check check this box. Oh, Phil spilsome, he's thinking about, you know, flipping from from uh, from Florida and he's visiting the week before signing day oh great oh we didn't we haven't heard about ty anthony smith in two or three weeks the week before signing de- oh he's visiting texas all of those things come together and it's just like domino 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 and all of a sudden you're you're playing 42 and you're winning you know so that's that's where i'm at
0: and that's what makes this real fun is this time of year when it, when it's all going good when it's going bad it's not fun like <laughs> For example, it's not fun to be a Florida fan right now, (laughs) but that's that's making fun right now as a Texas fan.
1: That's when you wake up with your dauber down is what they used to say. Uh,
0: We have a question here from Emmanuel Villafranco, and I want to add on to this question, uh, Bobby, but he said, did Ty Anthony Smith re-engage in talks with Texas? But I also want to ask you, are you surprised at the success they're having with Smith with a lack of linebacker, lack thereof of a linebacker coach?
1: I, you know, I don't – Jeff Choate, this is a great question, Emmanuel, because Gr- Jeff Choate is now the head coach at the University of Nevada. Uh, he took that job a week ago. Uh, congratulations to him. I, I mean, that's just terrific for a, a Texas assistant. Uh, not even a not even an assistant head coach, just a Texas assistant uh, to uh, position coach to take a, a job like Nevada uh, shows a lot of respect for not only Steve Sarkeesian but for Jeff Choate, the former linebackers coach. Um, the other issue there uh, that you mentioned is I don't know exactly how or what, but Texas, this is this is the recruit through the whistle, the stick around the hang around the rim kind of stuff that Steve Sarkeesian does. That is this. Yep. It's not. It's not. I wish I could tell you guys that and explain truly how big this kind of stuff is. They don't give up on their top prospects. They don't throw in the towel. If they did, they would have stopped even trying to contact Ty Anthony Smith three or two months ago when he didn't show up for a visit that was scheduled for the Kansas game. Okay, they Steve Sarkeesian and I mean, like look, I was talking to somebody yesterday, and um, actually it was Bob Shipley. I'll just you know, and this was off air after we had him on in the morning. I I called and had about a forty five minute conversation with Coach Shipley. And, you know, he's, he said that Sark is an A++ competitor. You know, not only does he have the culture where players are going to um, not only as Texas built the, the culture um, that uh, has been recruited, uh, that can be easily recruited to. He's not like Sark doesn't talk down to his players. He's not a he's not this authoritarian rule like Urban Meyer or Tom Herman. His That's players a, he's seemed, Herman. <laughs> yeah, his players <laughs> seem to be attracted to that. And so that culture um plays a role in recruiting. I mean, players want to stick around at Texas right now, if they if they have a spot and if they see a path to the field. That is a categorical difference than what it's been in the past. And with the transfer portal, with NIL, with today's day and age of players, that is the way to go. That is the way to go.
0: I like this from Callen Stevenson. And he says, Stark has people skill. Kids respond to that. He does. I mean, he's just a genuine person, in my opinion.
1: Yeah, that, that definitely plays a role into it. I, I think that it's not just people skills. I think he's very honest and frank with players about where they stand. Uh, I was talking, I talked to, to someone last year, um, every, every uh, off season. And I, we've mentioned this on this program before every off season at the at beginning of December Sark meets with all the players individually and gives them kind of an assessment of, Hey, this is where you're at. This is what you need to do. He had some frank conversations last year. Some were extraordinarily positive. Some were not. And some of those players left, you know, But the ones that stayed bought in and tried to, you know, and so if you tell someone the truth, you have an extraordinarily bigger chance of uh, of getting, you know, the result you want from a culture standpoint. Um, And, you know, he has been up front, I think, and he's, you know, he he makes and he also makes room for all types of personalities. Like, that's another thing that I think people miss on Sark. Um, He doesn't have to it doesn't. Everybody doesn't have to fit to him, if that makes sense. He allows Xavier Worthy to be Xavier Worthy, whereas Kelvin Banks and Kelvin Banks couldn't be more different from a personality perspective. Right. Um, and so I, I feel like Sark's uh, Sark right now is, is doing so great, great things for the Longhorns, uh, particularly on the recruiting trail.
0: Hey, Bobby, check this one out uh, from Callum once again. He says, prime example of this, I'm a current high school football coach. I toured the facilities Hermann's last year. The guy made it a point to avoid Herman. Did the same when Sark was there, and he came out to meet us.
1: <laughs> that's awesome. That's- so, that, I mean, that's that's one of the things that's absolutely awesome about this. Um, uh, so, look, everything I hear is that he's welcoming. He does has his – he's not – He's not anti-coach like he's not. He still is a hard you know what when it comes to practice and that sort of thing. But he also has a side where, you know, a guy like Malik Murphy, who's caught in a tough situation right now, frankly. You know, he's between Quinn Ewers, who's going to be a first round pick and Arch Manning, who is amazing. Malik Murphy decided to stay last year. Right. Mm -hmm. That's he could have easily went somewhere else. He was recruited out, but he stayed. And I think it was strictly because of that relationship he had developed with Steve Sarkeesian. He, he develops, I think, true relationships with his players and it's resonating. And I tell you what, guys, um, they finish like this in recruiting with two or three of these guys or three of them. They're not only going to be top five, they're going to push towards three or four. Um, And it'll be the third consecutive top five class these this is what you want to enter the sec with um so uh big, big stuff for the longhorns
0: ryan Patterson says bobby you're my hero and he <laughs> asked me to show you that so i had to show you bobby and then one other one i got a super chat here from v brown he said hey guys hey guys it's my son malachi's birthday can you give him a birthday shout out hook on happy birthday to your son hope i'm saying that right now Mal- i think it's malachi if i'm wrong tell me and we'll i'll correct myself but Happy birthday to your
1: son. Malachi Brown. Happy. I think I bet it's Brown. Given your username Malachi. Happy birthday, buddy. And hook them.
0: And then we got another super chat here, Bobby. Um, Robert Gaithright says you have probably already covered this, but I was surprised that Jalen Catalan entered the portal. Can you provide any insight?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I don't think Texas had plans for him next year. Um, that's pretty clear. Um, he did not. uh Not only was he often injured, uh, what they're saying and what I'm hearing behind the scenes is that Catalan uh, right now, Blake, uh, had some uh, what I would call uh, issues in coverage. Like uh, Texas doesn't have any great, and Rod Babers will talk about this a lot. Texas doesn't have great uh, what I would call coverage safeties other than potentially Derek Williams right and so they don't need more of that next year in their opinion they're trying to find guys that can be better cover guys overall so that they can you know that that's my my feeling and i think they may move some guys from from um, nickel to safety they may move guys from safety or corner i mean they're gonna they're gonna try all kinds of mutations and permutations to try to figure out uh safety next year uh but Adding guys like Xavier me, Kobe Black, that changes the calculus, in my opinion. That that expedites the process no different than Manny Muhammad did this past year and playing so much late in the year like he did when Ryan Watts went down.
0: All right, Bobby. I also want to say happy birthday to Rob Enfield's wife. He's her <laughs> <right, so it's laughs> birthday as well. So lots of birthdays are out right here today on, on Texas Football. And, guys, here in a minute, we have special guest Tope Amata coming. Uh, But first, Bobby, I need to tell everybody about Manscaped. I know it's your favorite time, their favorite time, too. And Santa (laughs) Baby, the season for a fresh cut, is finally here with the sponsors of today's show, Manscaped. The leaders in below-the-waist grooming have launched their fifth-generation performance package to help you avoid another silent night in the bedroom this year. Take care of your special snowflake with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra and watch your South Pole shine like never before. Get the best stocking stuffer of all by going to manscaped.com and using promo code ONTEXAS for 20% off plus free shipping. And I guarantee you that Mrs. Claus will thank you. Manscaped is a one-stop shop for all your holiday needs. They have the perfect gift in the Performance Package 5.0 Ultra, which includes loads of perfect stocking stuffers. And what could be better than the gift of giving good hygiene and, of course, a few laughs as well? Starting with the Lawnmower 5.0 Ultra, this is the crown jewel of the holidays, and dare I say, the best ball trimmer of all time. The electric razor's advanced skin-safe technology is a lifesaver and known for reducing nicks and cuts on your Santa sack. If you're Boxer Games wings, then take care of those chestnut and chestnuts with Manscaped's Boxers 2.0, featuring their signature jewel pouch to keep you calm, cool, and collected. So get 20% off and free shipping, promo code ONTEXAS at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com using promo code ONTEXAS. And you can say ho, ho, ho to a well-groomed mistletoe with Manscaped. want to thank them for sponsoring today's show.
1: Blake, you've been dying to do that read since we very started. You and you used to argue to try to do that read.
0: I want to be a manscaped writer, Bobby. <laughs> a writer? <laughs> That's my new dream job is being a writer.
1: Hey, let's <laughs> let's bring Tope in.
0: Let's okay. bring him in. We got him. Tope, how you doing this morning? Uh-oh, we got you muted here. Let me unmute you. Oh, you're gonna have to unmute you, Tope.
2: My bad. There we okay. go. I'm doing good. How are you guys?
1: Good, buddy. Hey, uh, I saw you laughing during that read off camera in the backstage. Yeah. I mean
2: manscaping, yeah.
1: <laughs> you're like, what are they doing? What am I getting into? <laughs>
2: yeah, it's like weird. Like I've I've seen manscaping commercials, but like to hear like an actual read-off, it's kind of crazy.
1: Yeah, absolutely. Hey, so Tope, I, I tell you what, yeah. the, the Longhorns, you you were part of uh, you were recruited by Charlie Strong, I believe, right? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and went through the, the the process with Charlie Strong. Ended up playing for Tom Herman, and then your final year, you played for Kyle Flood and Steve Sarkeesian. Yes. So you you saw three different styles of head coaches. That's one of the things Blake and I were talking about in, in a in a pre production meeting here this morning. You mm-hmm. saw all three. What what were the differences in those three in those three head coaches?
2: <laughs> uh, well, I'm going to start by saying. Uh, no disrespect to anybody, but if I were, if I if I were to rank it, I, I think it would be, in terms of like discipline and culture, it would be, uh, Sark, Herman, and then Coach Strong. And nothing against Coach Strong, like he was a super chill guy, and I think that was like the issue. Like we were so chill, and uh, I think I spoke on it, spoke about it before. Is like everything was so laid back. Like I would skip classes, I'll do all this other stuff, and. That's kind of like the culture on the team. There was no strict, like I'm sure it was different when he first got there because I've heard stories about him kicking people off and whatnot. But uh it's just with Coach Strong, was super laid back. Uh with Coach Herman, as y'all have heard stories, it was extremely strict. Uh a lot of not not a not a bunch of uh wiggle room anywhere. And then I'm, I'm sure y'all have heard rumors about what he does or whatever, whatever it may be. Uh, not sure if that's true or not. But then Sark is like that even balance with like he's super chill, but also he demands the most out of you guys. So uh I would say Sark is has, has been like, I, I only had him for what, eight, nine months. So I think he was like my best. Now I'm not I'm sure there's recency bias, but I'm sure he's he's my best yeah. head coach. But yeah.
1: Well, he's got the Longhorns 12 and one uh, and headed to the college football playoff. As a former player, Tope, and someone, uh, you, I mean, you do, I think you're working, you were working last time I talked to you off record, you were working on your own podcast and stuff. As well. Yeah. You know that. Um, but uh, as you were as you were going through this and watching the team this season, what were some of the things you noticed on the offensive line uh with oh. Kyle Fudd in that group? Because I tell you what, you started your your senior year or your yeah. final year. Texas, yeah. Um, and you've seen the development of that line with guys like Kelvin Banks, DJ Campbell, Jake Majors, the guy, you know. Yeah. What what are your thoughts with the offensive line this year and how they've kind of gelled uh, over the season?
2: So luckily, I've I've been able to interact with everybody on on the offensive line, starting with from left to right. Kelvin, uh, me and Denzel helped recruit. We kind of got close to him during recruitment and he already came in a guy like he's a five star guy already came in. Technically sound and uh, Coach Flood, you know, just does what he does and kind of helped him kind of make that next step in the college. Hayden Connor saw him progress. I think I had him one year with Hand and then another year, year with Sark. And uh, we kind of battled it out uh, for me to start my last year. But uh, he kind of pushed me to do better. And then kind of seeing him kind of progress with pass blocking and rim blocking is great to see. Jake, as I said before, is the smartest guy in the room, probably the smartest guy I've ever known. Uh, compared to Shaq, I, they're, they're kind of neck and neck in terms of intelligence once it comes to not only offensive line play, and what other guys are doing, but also receivers where we're supposed to block, landmarks, X, Y, and Z. Uh, DJ Campbell went to the same high school, and he kind of started off slow during the season, as you know, many of y'all may know, but as the season progressed, he's become the most dominant run blocker, the most nastiest run blocker. Uh, Pass blocking, I'm sure she's trying to get there as well, but he, the biggest improvement I've seen was from him, and then Christian Jones, man. Uh 2018 Christian Jones. Uh freshman, he redshirted. It was just, like wide-eyed, deer in the headlights all the time. But uh to see him progress over six years, uh, and then finally, I was kind of it sucks he didn't even become an all-big twelve uh nominee or whatever it may be. But uh to see him kind of progress underhand and then under Coach Flood, you can see like last year he was all getting flagged and all his other calls, but now. It's like everybody loves christian he's making blocks downfield he's rarely giving up a sack so it's a it's kind of good to see that and that's all a testament to coach flood
1: you talk about christy jones i you know i hadn't thought about that but when we mentioned snubs what i call oh, yeah. snubs all-conference teams and, and whatnot right. him not to be a, a, a at least a second team all-conference player kind of a that's a snub in my opinion you you bring that up topian I think you're exactly right tell folks what you're doing nowadays so they can uh find out everything about you and and what you're doing
2: well I started I started a YouTube channel uh it's called I at I space face. just kind of doing what I do just my interest what I find interesting movies TV shows whatever it may be uh yeah it's kind of it's kind of it I want to do a podcast kind of bring in old teammates talk about the good old days kind of like I think some time has passed where we could talk about the address rumors or whatever it may be that happened in the strong era or happened in the Herman era or and there's little to no controversy in the Stark era but like still kind of address those things like hey how to start out how it was when he first got here how we were shocked when we first got on the zoom call and he was there and you know, Herman wasn't we just heard Herman got fired so stuff like that so that's kind of what I plan on doing in 2024 but just kind of enjoying the holidays now and uh see what you know just kind of finish this year off strong so Good for you, bud.
1: Uh, you know, you're basically saying you're going to try to address the dysfunction of,
0: of a couple <laughs> of errors.
1: That, that, yeah. I think that makes sense, Blake. You have anything for
2: tope
0: Yeah, I do actually. So, you know, as mm-hmm. Bobby said a minute ago, I mean, you you've been through a few coaching changes, but one thing that I've noticed on Twitter, and I think all of Longhorn Nation out there has, is you've been very vocal in your support for him. Oh yeah. What would that that you saw in him in that one year, that one season that you were with him that made you really think that he could be the guy to, you know, for lack of better terms, I guess, bring Texas back.
2: Coach Sark or Coach Flood?
0: Uh, sorry. Well, both. Sark.
2: well do both. both. Yeah. Oh, both. Yeah. Well, with Sark, it's it's been a different approach, uh, and obviously, I have more to say about Coach Flood, obviously, because you know he's, he's my position coach. But with Sark, uh, it's kind of like the, his demeanor and how you approach football, and y'all saw it when he first you know came here it was all gas, no brakes. It's kind of what it was when he got here. Straight to workouts, straight to work, straight to learning these plays, straight to learning his playbook, no BS. And it, it wasn't like and then no shade to anybody. It's uh it wasn't like a form of uh intimidation, you know, and it was complete buy-in. He was well accepted and then we were able to learn a playbook. And th- that was that. Uh with Coach Flood, uh I, I think he's been the realest position coach I've ever had. And, and I, I think I mentioned when I posted uh, like my letter or something two years ago after our, our last game, I was like, he developed me not only mentally, but, you know, physically, obviously, I, I already had that. But mentally, with offensive line play, that's kind of like the biggest deal, you know, learning these plays, learning these blocking schemes, picking up blitzes, learning when to slide, when not to slide. And uh, with him, it's just like motivating me. It's like I've, I've been there for five years, six years when he got in there. He was like there's no reason why you shouldn't be playing like you're you're 6'5, 340 350 like you should be starting on this offensive line and you know obviously Denzel Denzel start Denzel and Junior were guards. Junior went down with an injury Denzel went down with the injury TCU and it had to battle it up between me and Hayden and it just came down to me like him like topa you got this like you got this you know you're, you're you're not big for no reason so I went in tech game we we're blowing them the hell out like it was insane and I was like, you know, I'm not sure we can cuss on here, can we? Yeah, don't do it. Yeah, okay. now for, we try to be a family
1: show. Even though we've done landscape Reads now, we try to be a family show.
2: I was like, F this. Like, I'm just going to go out and ball out. So Texas Tech game, just balled out, had pancakes almost every play. I was like, damn, like, I always thought college ball would be harder than this. So uh, after that game, I got like uh, – they give out these uh, individual awards like uh, – it's like dog, dog of the game, or something like that i have like keychains here somewhere, but um, yeah, I got that, and then at the end of the year, I started, earned a spot, and then I got a offensive player of the game, some something I never thought like I would, people would be happy with the first team all big twelve selection, but if you had my career, you'd be satisfied with just being recognized by your teammates and your and your coaches by doing your job and and just balling out, so um with flood for him to like develop me and, and my mom passed that spring and I, I miss spring ball, but for him to like constantly checking on me, relate his experiences with, with his mom, with me that, uh, you know, teach me technique, teach me like, and he, like I mentioned it before, like on the, uh, on the morning show, the horn two years ago, like he would debunk and lack of better words, uh, other coaches techniques. Like, yeah, this is why this wasn't this, this is why this wouldn't work. This is why this is wrong. And then he'll show me his ways and see how and then show me how effective that was. So uh yeah, that's it's kind of him doing that kind of helped me kind of progress and grow as a player. And uh he still I, I wanted to practice the week, the week of the Texas Tech game, and we were just so happy to see each other. And uh I always think his praises on Twitter in person, whatever it may be. It's any recruit, the story never changes. Coach Flood is the goat, and I'm gonna stick by that.
1: I love that. That <laughs> you big, know what yeah, Big price yeah that that's great stuff Tope. really appreciate you sharing that and it's good see this is what we're talking about with Tope this morning we spent yeah. a lot of talk about time talking about recruiting yeah and how Sark's approach has been has resonated right with uh with with players with uh recruits etc but it's not just sark it's his coaches underneath yeah. him that do the majority of the recruiting and Flood is a, a perfect example of that, right? I mean, they they seem to really get it uh, and be, I don't want to say players' coaches because that's kind of cliche, yeah. but it is kind of what you're describing, right?
2: Yeah. And, like, the thing with players' coaches is, like, I, I think I have a different feeling of what a players' coach is. Players' coach is not, like, sucking up the players or, like, kind of, like, souping down their levels, like, okay, let's meet their demands, whatever it may be. It's understanding what they need and then kind of having a a middle ground. So that's kind of the start approach. But with Flood, I don't know. Flood takes a a very unique approach where, again, I I didn't have it with Coach Maddox. I didn't have it with Coach Wareham. I didn't have it with Coach Hand. So, you know, his thing is to make the individual better. And that, in turn, makes the O-line better, the team better, whatever it may be. So uh, I think you just have to be in his meetings to see what kind of a guy he is. Because not only is it about football, but it's about life, too. He kind of ties ties both hand-in-hand. Hand. And uh, obviously, it's majority about football because we, that's, what we're, that's what we're there for. Um, but you, you would have to be in the meetings in, in person to see, like, the type of guy he is. I'm sure he does these conferences around Texas and whatever it may be. But that's only a limited, like, just an ounce of what the guy is and what he's willing to teach and uh, and show you guys. But it's, it's definitely a, something you have to experience in person. So, yeah.
1: Uh, Toby, that's just that's just great stuff, man. Uh, you you are, are a tremendous uh, uh, tremendous representative of the University of Texas. You you uh, you've done so well. I I remember there's an InsideTexas.com award called the uh, the Gas Camp Award. It's typically okay. for either a graduating senior or an upper class senior uh, that that is going to be leaving the program after a fifth or sixth year or what have you, mm-hmm. and you were one of those guys that i I can't remember if you won that award or were nominated i can't remember exactly how it went but the reality of it is is that you're a young man or young young person that has persevered yeah through your time you you saw three different head coaches Mm -hmm. you easily could appeal right i mean very easily and so as someone that's followed texas a long time i don't think fans or (coughs) reporters even or Download June's journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games. C- consider that appropriately. You know what I mean? Yeah. I I think that they got to realize that there's a human behind the face mask. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And that, that, in my opinion, is, uh, is something that folks need to really recognize with you. I, I really appreciate you. Blake. You
0: have any more questions for tope hey, We got to ask this one question, Tope, and then we'll we'll let you get out. But we got to hear your prediction, man. What's the prediction for the Washington game?
2: Man, if the defense, I think it's the key is the defensive line. If they can contain Panix, and gratefully, I'm I'm happy he's not a runner. If you can contain Panix, I'm gonna say the score would be 38-24, Texas. Woo-hoo, woo! Yeah. Well,
1: I think people are excited about that one
2: yeah i'll be i'll be driving down hopefully if i can get tickets and they're pretty expensive i plan on driving down hopefully uh december 31st maybe maybe december 30th we'll see but I'll, I'll hopefully be down there support my guys
1: well please catch up with us if you don't mind yeah. i'll be down there as well at uh, tope okay. i appreciate your time and tope thanks thanks for everything and thanks for your insight today and guys sure. make sure tell people that your your uh podcast one more time bud
2: Yeah, so my YouTube is at I space, I space space, I S P A C E F A C E. Damn, I haven't spelled in a while. Uh, (laughs) Mainly, I mainly talk about, I kind of got into tweeting about football on Twitter. So just add the same, same letters. Um, Yeah, I think I found a joy. I've gotten a lot of followers just talking about football and just giving my opinion. So uh, yeah, if you want to be entertained on Saturdays or whenever the Longhorns play, just follow me on Twitter. All
1: right. You have a good one, Tope. We appreciate you, buddy.
2: Y'all take it. See you soon. Okay, buddy. Yeah. See you guys. Hi,
0: right, guys. Hey, what a, what a great guest, Bobby. Tope Amade. Been six years with the program, as you said, three different head coaches. The thing that really, you know, I was thinking about when he was talking what do you name five different offensive line coaches? Think about the continuity that we've had seen under Sark versus what he went through. Unbelievable. Exactly. That, that's how you build something.
1: I mean that that's how you build something is is you you stick with it and build a plan and go with it and Sark has been I mean like I said think about 5 and 7 how many people seriously we have over 1300 people online right now watching the show simultaneously how many of those 13 if you honestly raise your hands were ready to get rid of Pete Quitkowski at the end of year 1 the Texas defense quarter how many uh- More than, I I would say some people are more reserved and, but we all know there's like a, a bell curve of fandom, right? There's the stick with them forever. And then there's get rid of them during halftime, right? There was a significant portion of Texas fans that were leaning more towards get rid of him, right? Well, Sark has been steadfast to your point and you know, I think he's being rewarded for it. And Texas fans are being rewarded for it. So a exactly. great point. That's a great point, Blake, about consistency.
0: Yes, definitely. All right, Bobby, speaking of consistency, one consistent uh, sponsor that we've had, Home Field Apparel, and I'm going to let you tell everybody about
1: it. Yeah, absolutely. Like, uh, Homefield is uh, our choice of clothing designers. You've heard us talk about Home Field Apparel since the start of the season. There are a lot of collegiate apparel brands out there they wanted, but we wanted to partner with Homefield because their designs are the best out there. Some, some of On Texas's favorites are the 1883 vintage logo, home of the Longhorns ringer tee, and the Texas baseball script tee. Be sure to go to homefieldapparel.com, filter by Texas, and see what we're talking about. And our listeners get an exclusive deal using code ONTEXAS23. ONTEXAS23 gets you 15% off your first order we know you're all wearing UT gear, so if you're in need of a refresh, we really think you should check out Home Field Apparel. Their designs are super unique, and a lot of thought goes into each concept. There's really nothing else on the market like what Home Field is doing. You can find them at homefieldapparel.com, and again, use code Texas 23 for 15% off your first order. That's homefieldapparel.com, 15% off your first order.
0: All right, and for those that are wanting to follow uh, Tope, I did put his uh, Twitter username in the chat, so you can go over there and find it and then get to his YouTube channel that way as well. All right, Bobby, we've got a lot of people that have joined since we first started, so I think we need to rehash the top news of the day, and let's start with Ty Anthony Smith real quick.
1: Yeah, I mean, tech sags over the o- overnight reporting that Ty Anthony Smith, the linebacker out of uh, Jasper, Texas, uh, is now looking at a potential flip from Texas A&M To Texas, apparently this is something that's been in the works for a couple of weeks, according to them. Uh, And Smith, uh, according to on threes, Jerry Hamilton is expected to visit Texas this weekend. That would join uh, Xavier Filsimi, the safety out of uh, McKinney and Hunter Andrews, potentially uh, the running back athlete, more of an athlete linebacker, really out of Magnolia uh, on campus, as well as wide receiver Dion Burks uh, out of Purdue. Uh, Transfer portal guy. There may be another transfer guy in town as well. Blake, this is big news because uh, Texas right now at 20 commitments. We've mentioned that. Uh, 14 of them are midterm enrollees. Kobe Black announces tomorrow. Uh, We presume that's going to be Texas. Terry Joseph, the Texas uh, corner coach, was in home with him yesterday. That takes Texas up to 21. Then you have Xavier Filsimi, Ty Anthony Smith. They're still kicking the tires on Solomon Williams, uh, defensive end out of Tampa, and uh, Dominic McKinley out of uh, out of uh, uh, Lafayette, okay? Sark's going to be down there on Friday visiting with him. He's been committed to AM, but again, a ms defensive line coach, Elijah Robinson, has left AM. Uh, Elijah Robinson trying to get back in on Dominic McKinley now for Syracuse, by the way. I'm saying all of this to tell you guys, and I, when we first came on this morning, people, a lot of people weren't here, but I had a smile on my face uh, because the Longhorns right now, guys, are uh, they are on a roll of just enormous proportion. I think they're going to end up with their third straight top five class based on what I'm hearing behind the scenes right now. Uh, they're at seven or eight, I think, in the on three consensus right now. Um, you add Kobe Black, you add Xavier Fields to me, you add Ty Anthony Smith, potential of Solomon William. I mean, just look, Longhorns are, are killing it right now. Uh, also big news, in my opinion, Blake, we haven't touched on this much, but we should. The nation's top receiver for the class of 2025, so not this year, but next year, is a young man named Ryan Williams out of Sarah Land High School. He is the high school teammate of KJ Lacey, the 2025 quarterback commitment for the University of Texas yesterday Williams elected to uh, Williams elected to reclassify to the class of 2024. we don't expect him to announce his decision this month like he's not going to be a midterm enrollee or anything like that he's l- unlikely to sign in December but the second signing period which is feb- February 7th this year is a possibility. Um, and he is saying that one of the schools he is going to visit is Texas. So when we talked yesterday, Blake, about Texas uh, telling Aaron Butler, the wide receiver out of Calabasas, California, that they were looking to take either two guys, two more receivers in the portal, or one portal and one more high school guy, you know, we'll see what that means, right? I mean, that's yeah. those are big words, but but Ryan Williams is a electric player. Uh, no doubt. Absolutely no doubt.
0: Hey, hey, Bobby, I, I brought this up while you were talking. And it's, uh, you know, you're talking about uh, Robinson over at a But uh, G- Jesus Jesus, however, said the situation is weird with a He's coaching the bowl yet recruiting their guys to Syracuse. I was reading about this this morning. I wanted to get your take on it. It is weird. I mean, I, I don't get letting him hang in there and doing that while he's recruiting those same kids away from that school. I, it's just an so odd situation to me, but I wanted your thoughts.
1: It's very, um, how do I put this way? It's very Aggie. I mean, <laughs> you know, I don't, right? I mean, it's like, it makes no sense whatsoever unless you're inside, I guess. That's that's their saying, right? Something like that. It, it just may, I mean, it's like you're letting a fox in the hen house. And I don't think you can do that. I, I think that... Um, Uh, We'll see how it goes. I mean, he's an Elijah Robinson is an excellent recruiter. I mean, yeah,
2: there's
1: there's no denying that. Um, Now, has he been helped by some other things, Uh, you know, like NIL and an aggressive approach there? Yes, most likely. Um, But he's already turning guys to Syracuse uh, that wouldn't have been otherwise, Blake. And so um, I, you know, it's a little bit of, you know, what we see. We don't know yet. Uh, Am is still waiting to hear back on some players about whether they're going to leave or stay. Uh, some guys that have put their name in the portal. Uh, Walter Nolan is still taking visits and doing his thing out there. Fadil Diggs, uh, some Tyreek Chappelle, the the cornerback that's been a, a what three or two year starter for him now. They've got a number of guys in the portal that uh, the 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 uh, LB Overton, uh, Micah Overton as well, his brother. Let's see what happens with some of those guys. But A&M, uh, somebody said a dumb, I Look, I don't know how to say it other than the, the transition from Jimbo did not seem well planned. No. Um, and it seemed to catch everybody by surprise. The decision to hire a coach did not seem well planned or coordinated um, or on the same uh, I don't know wavelength, right? Yeah, recruiting looks dysfunctional and disjointed right now. They are losing the majority of their best players, or not the majority. I I, I shouldn't say that. Not majority, several of their best players and best prospects. So, you know, the Aggies have to figure out what the Aggies are going to be and who they want to be right now. I, I just think that uh, you know we'll we'll see how that goes for them.
0: <laughs> we'll see, All right, Bobby. We got a super chat we need to get to. This one from uh, Blake, and Blake says, "Was Texas aware of Verman's personality before they hired him? Seems like a major contributor of his undoing."
1: I would agree with that. I think it was a mix, though. I mean, they were what they were aware of is that he helped Houston win and maximize uh, their ability. They they put it on OU if y'all remember that, and. For any Texas uh administrator, um bureaucrat, uh, I don't even know what you want to call it, that meant that means something. I mean, Texas wants to beat Oklahoma every single year. And when he did that and had a great first year and really seemed to have and he won the national championship with Urban Meyer. I mean, I don't blame Texas for hiring Tom Herman. I blame if I if I want to place blame anywhere, I want to place blame on Tom Herman for trying to be like urban Meyer instead of just be himself. Um, And I think he would probably, from what I'm hearing and people that are, I know he's at Florida Atlantic right now, and I've talked to him briefly since he took that job. um, I I think that he is trying to go in that direction. And, you know, he, when he took the Texas uh, coaching job, he was an accomplished coach. No doubt about it. But we all learn as we get older. It's learning is an ongoing process throughout our life. And I hope he has success at Florida. I don't wish him ill will. I, I would never do that. I think that he's trying, you know, to, to do as best as he can at FAU. So, um, look, my my take on it is really simple. Um, I think he it wasn't a mistake of the Texas group to hire him as much as it was what he did with it when he got to Texas. Uh, And and no, nobody was prepared for that personality to be fair. Yeah. All
0: right, guys. I've got a lot of questions about Ryan Williams. He is currently committed to Alabama, still going to take some official visits, did reclassify to 24. Uh, That news came public yesterday. He was actually a 25 receiver. So uh, on that note, Bobby, E. Kim, wants your opinion? The Corian Moore or Williams? Who's the better wide receiver prospect? That's a well,
1: opinion. they're one and two. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, I, I don't know that I can sit here and tell you that that who's better. Or I've seen the, the highlight films and watched them on film just like a, a lot of people. Um, Williams, a lot of people seem to be maybe one of those rare uh, guys that, that transcends years a little bit. So we'll see Moore though has the thing I love about DeCorey Moore is he's got those almost like deer like feet. If that makes sense to you guys, like he almost looks like he's like Marquise Goodwin sometimes Blake looked like he was barely touching the ground when he ran. Right. Yeah. Moore looks like that to me too. He's looked like he's just, it's like it's like flicks coming off of it. Um, And so I think they're both great players, both real possibilities. Uh, for Texas at this point, even though they're both committed elsewhere. We mentioned Williams to Alabama, more right now committed to LSU.
0: Yeah, and I saw Moore this past weekend. And, man, Duncanville took a while to really get going, but, God, he was electric when he got the ball in his hands, which, I mean, everybody knows anyway, but just every time that guy touches the ball, it's just amazing. <laughs> so it, it makes you, you know, makes your mouth hang open a little bit, like, wow. <laughs> All uh, right, Bobby. We got a ton of more questions and plenty of time to get your questions in, so please do so right here on Coffee and Football. And uh, man, let's talk about. I mean, we got all kinds of questions. I'm trying to pick a good one. Here's one from Jason. It's been a hot topic in the chat the past couple of days. Any tied end coming in, portal or otherwise?
1: Um. So uh, they have looked at a couple. Uh, is my understanding? Holds and stays uh, out of the Notre Dame is one of those. Um, I have not found out if he's actually reciprocating any interest from Texas at this point. Uh, I need to look into that, but that would be one. Uh, Oregon state has, has one that's out there. UConn uh, also has a tight end that may be of interest uh, to to folks, Uh, but I have not heard definitively of a tight end visiting Texas. And I do think to your point, Texas needs a tight end in the portal. As good as, Gunner Helm has developed, Blake. You know, Juan Davis isn't that inline guy. He's more of an H-back. They Stark, Sark loves to go too tights, that 12 personnel, way too much. And I'm not, I'm not sure Spencer Shannon or Will Randall will be ready for that in a year. Spencer Shannon is further along probably than Will Randall, but Shannon right now is still, I mean, he's still getting it going. You know, he's young. These guys, Gunnar Helm was young one, t- one point, right? And now he's looking like, a, I mean, no offense, but I heard from somebody that Gunnar Helm is a potential pro prospect. Would you have thought that four year, or three years ago when he first came in? Maybe not. Yeah. But now he's starting to become this all around guy. Right? That's, again, it's, it goes back. I don't want to belabor this stuff, but it goes back to the development discussion yeah. that we always have here. That uh, Steve Sarkeesian and his crew just—they—they they, they do a good job. I mean, they're developing the five stars, right? They're developing the three stars.
0: Like it's wet. What? What do you want? What?
1: If you're a—that's why you know—and and then you see—you wake up this morning and Ty Anthony Smith visiting Texas. I mean, what? If, I mean, just grin. What was that a Cheshire Cat that grins? Got the,
0: you know, yeah. the grin that
1: goes all the way up his. That's yeah. what you do, because that's where Texas is at. And they're sitting there, and, and we're getting ready to go play in the college football playoffs, 12-1. and 1, yeah. Which right.
0: we haven't even talked about much today. <laughs> no, been so much good news.
1: It's because I, I do I, – you know what? I forgot to mention this at the outset. Uh, somebody had asked yesterday what the players and teams were doing. Mm-hmm. Like, what's the game plan? So I, I talked to someone yesterday. The players returned on Sunday and Monday. They returned to school, et cetera. They're finishing out everything. Uh, They are back in the weight room, not on the true practice field at this point. They returned to the practice field on Saturday. So those recruits that are coming in, those three official visitors that we believe are going to be in, plus there's like 10 other guys that are already committed in this class, Brandon Baker, Ryan Wingo, Wardell Mack, Daniel Cruz, uh, Jarrett Gibson, jordan johnson rebel jordan washington all these guys uh coming in. they kibble coming in this this weekend as well they're going to be able to see them practice on saturday for the first time getting ready for the college football playoff i I forgot to mention that at the outside of the show and i apologize that i kind of not that i buried the lead there but it's something needed to be added
0: no doubt uh, Lee Barton with the Super Chat. Bobby, he says, poor Aggies. Big brother is back in the house. Keep up the great work like Bobby and hook them. Thank you, Lee. We appreciate Super Chat. Appreciate the kind words. Uh,
1: you know, they are. I mean, I want to say that. I mean, Texas is back in the house, so to speak, at least in the same conference. You know, as much as I, you want to say poor Aggies on this, they still have a good nucleus of a football team. I mean... Don't kid yourself. They're going to be trouble next year. Um, Texas is going to have to go out and win that game. Uh, they are all upper class. They're all these that that even though they've had significant, like an, an atrocious amount of attrition in the last couple of years, they still have top line players. Don't don't kid yourself, Texas fans. So you we can talk about dysfunction and irregular, all that stuff, all we want, but don't. That ain't going to be a walk in the park at College Station if they have anything to say about it. okay no. On the Saturday after Thanksgiving, it's just not going to be. It's going
0: to be fun, though. All right, Bobby. Phil McIntosh says any news on the linebacker slash edge from UTSA and then also the safety from Clemson? There was a report out yesterday um, about the, the Clemson safety. Maybe some trouble transferring those academic credits. Uh, but any, anything on your side for about those two?
1: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Trey Moore, let's start with him. The, that's the LB edge from uh, UTSA. He had 14 sacks last year for Jeff Trailers' team or this past year for Jeff Trailers' team, uh, the Roadrunners. Um, he visited Texas on, uh, the, over the weekend came, went in, uh, late Friday, uh, stayed Saturday and then Sunday Sark. And he met together along with his father, uh, uh, on Sat on Sunday morning, uh, he went home. He had a home visit, I believe with Ohio state yesterday Has one, I believe with either Alabama and I'm not sure if it's going to be Nick Saban or an assistant today. Uh, and then he has an official visit schedule with Ohio state this weekend. So that that's where that is at at this point in time. Uh, no new news. I do think Texas is the leader. We'll see exactly what happens over the next, uh, to your point, Blake, you know, three to five days. I think he would like to make a decision uh, before Christmas time, if possible, just to get it off his, off his desk. He wants to know where he's going to be because the other thing that needs to be remembered, these guys that are midtermers and coming in like this, they've got to get housing settled. They got to figure out, like I was talking to somebody about, uh, about Trey Moore. He's got to figure out if he wants to take a car to college, if he's going to Ohio state, right? He doesn't know how to drive in the, the, the snow and ice like what? he's got a, yeah. these are real world. I know it sounds bizarre to even mention that to people, but these are real world issues that these these guys deal with. Um, as, as far as Makuba, I, I actually mentioned that I, I was told that uh, right now, one of the issues with him in Texas is that not all of his hours, you know, almost apparently uh, he has a pr- apparently around 100 hours towards his degree at Clemson. Uh, Texas has a rule. Uh, That only that the last 60 hours of your degree have to come from the University of Texas. And so that could be prohibiting him. Uh, But, you know, the other thing is in talking to uh, someone close to Trey Moore, there's ways around that that Texas has found uh, that uh, Moore uh, can uh, ways around. I I shouldn't say it's not nefarious. It's completely legal. It's just how they do it all right uh, that that may be the situation with McCbe i just haven't heard uh but yes they they are interested in him not as a safety but as a nickel uh they are definitely i mean jade Barron was one of the best players on the team this year everybody knows that um he they are looking for someone uh to potentially take that role on immediately um and compete against the jalen gilbos austin jordans uh Jelani mcdonald's of the
0: world next year yeah. and he him weekend he could visit this weekend we'll yeah, see yeah maybe a, a really action-packed weekend as we talked about no,
1: but, I, yeah, Look, i want to say i want to say this i mean look i mean sark is supposed to be i didn't even mention i don't know that i've mentioned this steve sarkisian is supposed to be in home today with colin simmons and alex january yeah so you're talking about the number one recruit in the class right now in colin simmons right i mean the, the things are happening Right now, he was in Florida yesterday with DeAndre Robinson and uh Jarrett Gibson. Things are happening right now in uh in recruiting that with eight days to go. I mean, we you know we'll see where it lands, but this Ty Anthony Smith news, I think probably the biggest uh of a while because that was a guy that personally and I know other people that follow recruiting in Texas football had kind of said ah, that one's just not going to happen, right? And to have it happen eight days and the news. Come out eight, nine days before signing day. You know, again, Steve, it's it's what we talked about when we first walked on. It's that hang around the rim type of situation for Texas coaches that they just do. I mean, every single year, Steve Sarkeesian pulls a rabbit out of his hat. At some point, you're just going to say he's a magician, right? You keep doing that. And so that, that's where that's at. Uh,
0: the regular Houdini. Uh, one more portal question. And then uh, we'll move on. Bobby, this one from Champ Bailey 3. Is Juice Wells still in the hunt for Texas?
1: You know, I, he he was the last time I, I talked to someone. Um, the issue there is he went to Ole Miss over the weekend, really liked it. We, we will have Diamante Tucker Dorsey on, on Friday, by the way, I hope. Uh, Tuck and uh, Juice Wells are friends uh, from their time at James Madison together. Uh, so we'll be able to have more information on that. Uh, but uh, apparently Ole Miss knocked it out of the park with him a little bit. Uh, he was considering and contemplating a visit to Texas this weekend, uh, the South Carolina. Now he's at. he's been at South Carolina the last couple of years. Uh, after that, I'm not sure uh, that we'll have any update until I really get to know
0: what's going on there. Maybe some news will break today with Juice Wells. All right. And uh, I've, I've been asked this a lot, so I want to answer it real quick. Kim is one of the few that have asked. Who do you have with the high school championship games this weekend? I'll go two way yeah. right up. Uh, I got. Also, wait,
1: wait, wait. Let's let let's go over them and and yeah. really take our time with them. And talk, who are the who are the championship games? You start.
0: All right, we're going to skip one A because that's six man now, and I, I'm not very well versed in six man. But in two A Division two, we got Albany versus Mart. Both of those teams coming in at fifteen and 0. Mart uh, had to really fight back last week to make the state game. It's going to be a great matchup. And Albany has a Bull Bob Shipley said yesterday. Albany has uh, some really, really good players. I'm going Albany in that one. In 2A Division One, we have Toller and Timpson. Toller 14 and one. Their one loss coming to a private school out of Dallas. I can't remember their name. And then Timpson, of course, has some some talent. There ain't no denying that. And uh, Timpson 15 and 0, but I'm going Toller in that one. I've seen Toller firsthand. I, so they're just really, really good, but it's the well, first time those teams have Timson made safe.
1: Timpson is Terry, Terry Bussey's team, the recruits yep. going to AM and, I, and yeah, still like LSU, right,
0: yes, sir. And then, uh, in 3A Division Two, we have Gunner coming in at 15 and 0, and then Tidehaven 14 and 0. The reason they're 14, I believe they had a cancellation earlier in the year. Uh, but I, I saw Gunner whip Comanche in person just a couple of weeks ago, uh, they're unreal. I'm taking Gunner in that one. 3A Division One. We got Malakoff 15 and 0 versus Franklin 14 and 1. I'm taking Franklin in that one as well. And then uh, where it starts really getting good, in my opinion, 4A Division Two is Gilmer, who comes in at 12 and 3 versus Belleville, who's undefeated 15 and 0. And Gilmer, man, no one expected them to beat Carthage. No one expected them to win last week, and they just keep surprising people. I think they're peaking at the right time. I got Gilmer in that one. Uh, 4a division one, Anna 14 and one versus Tyler Chapel Hill 13 and two. I got Anna, I just really love their offense. And then, uh, fit 5a division two, we got South Oak Cliff 13 and two versus Port Neches Groves 14 and one. I'm taking PNG, I think their O line is elite, and they just you know, hard nosed football well, team. Well,
1: Texas, not only they're recruiting multiple players off of or, I we know they're recruiting players off of both teams, Jackson Christian. The offensive mm-hmm. lineman from PNG, a guy that Texas has offered. Uh, by the way, uh, these all—all all these games before we go to the next, the five A group and up—all these games are going to be on Fox, correct? Fox Southwest.
0: Uh, well, it's Bally's now, and oh, I it is what they because Bally's bottom, and don't even get me started on that, Bobby. <laughs> but <laughs> but it is what it is, and uh, you know it, it's it you. It's not as easy to watch as excuse me as it once was but the, if you can find a way to watch it i encourage you to do so it starts this week on wednesday i believe with six man and then lasts all weekend uh but it will be on valley and then five a division one alito 15 0 alito you know just i mean what can you say multiple state championships tons of d1 players all over that roster including jermichael finley the former texas tight end his son is on there uh versus Smithson Valley 14 and one and Smith and Valley fourth has Texas wide receiver commit. Uh oh god, Bobby Mike. to go. Oh, to go. Yeah. Thank you. And they're 14-1. I'm taking a Leo in that one. And then 6 a division two. We got DeSoto and Humble Summer Creek. DeSoto undefeated. Uh Summer Creek's 14-1. And DeSoto, man, they, they've been rolling ever since they beat uh Duncanville earlier in the year, which everyone was surprised about. DeSoto, great game last week against South Lake Carroll but I got DeSoto and then the big one, Bobby six, a division one. We got a 13 on one Duncanville team versus a undefeated North shore team. And, uh, man, that that's going to be so close, but I got Duncanville. I think you got to go with Duncanville in that one. I think the will be well represented this week when it comes to state champions.
1: Absolutely. makes a lot of sense, Blake. I look, um, the only thing I would say out of all those you mentioned, like Desoto, I think maybe the best team in the state, right? Based on what yeah. we know, yeah.
2: yeah.
1: Um, Summer Creek, nice. Summer Creek plays in a hell of a district, yeah. So I, I'm not saying they're going to win. Don't. I'm not trying to say that. I I just don't know. And maybe it is a blowout, and I'm just wrong. But be aware of that one. Uh, Duncanville North Shore. I mean, like there are no two greater antagonists right now in high school football in the state of Texas. Would you agree with that? Like it's those are that represents Dallas. Yeah. That represents Houston. Go play. Yeah. So right. I, I think that's, you know, that's fun. That's fun. I'm going to, I'm definitely tuning in. And I know you will be too.
0: Definitely. And then uh someone mentioned, and uh, I hear It's Casey says, Blake DeSoto in a fight in 5A division one. is going to be insane next year. Last and in Kathy, you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think as of yesterday or maybe the day before They were still pondering on whether – because they are 5A. um, But they have the option to move up to 6A, and that's what they have done these previous two years. And I don't think that decision has been met. But last I heard they were kind of leaning more towards staying down. And, I mean, if your numbers allow you to, you know, why not? (laughs) We'll see. If they can win 6A, why would they go down to 5A? Yeah. Maybe for the other
1: sports, maybe better travel. And, cause, and, and, cause, yeah. In high school, high school sports, it is about, you know, financial considerations for the entire athletic department as opposed to just the football team.
0: No doubt. Prime example, Bobby, the UIL just released cutoff numbers last Friday, I believe it was. Uh, so like, you know, we're out Comanche. We, we've always been 3A Division 2, moving up to 3A Division 1. Well, now our closest district game will be an hour and a half away. The closest district game will be an hour and a half away, you know. I mean, so stuff like that does come into play. and People don't think about it. You know, they just think kind of throw a dart at a, at a map and put some districts together. But yeah. it doesn't always work that way. All right, Bobby, let's talk about the college football playoff before we get out of here because we got some questions on that. Let's start with Larry Trevino. Any news on Worthy's leg injury?
1: Uh, you know, they don't go back to work until Saturday. We, they've been in the the website or they've been in the uh, uh, they've been in the weight room. Uh, for uh, uh, this week, uh, that's where they're, they're starting. They go back to work on Saturday on the field officially. Uh, after that gets going, we'll see what all ha- what all occurs and what transpires. But uh, everything I've heard is everywhere that he's expected to play. Um, well, obviously, if he's not, that would be a huge thing for the Longhorns. But I have not heard
0: that to be the case. Uh, Then we're going to go one or two more, Bobby. I didn't realize what time it was, but we do got to get out of here. Chris Bacon says, I've asked this a couple times. I've not gotten an answer. Is it true UT won't get any of the college football playoff payouts because they're leaving the Big 12?
1: Chris, I'll ask someone today and try to answer that tomorrow. I was unaware that that was even a thing, Chris. I'm sorry I didn't see your question earlier.
0: Well, we get so many good ones. That's the one thing that's hard to get to all of them. And then, Bobby, I'm going to ask you this one uh, if I can find it. I just saw. Okay. E. Kim says, Bobby, have you seen this much elite quarterback play at Texas during your time following them?
1: I mentioned preseason that I thought this is the best quarterback room and wide receiver room. I I know it's the best receiver room Texas has had since I've been around. And I, I said that preseason, I think that's come to fruition this year, right? I mean, when Jordan Whittington is your three, you're in pretty good shape. Um, So that being said, the quarterback room, you got to think Vince Young was a red shirt junior, I believe, and, or a junior and uh, Colt McCoy was a freshman. So it's hard to say that it's ever been in better hands. Um, but we didn't know Colt McCoy was Colt McCoy at that time. Right now, you have a situation in Texas where not only do you have Quinn Ewers, Malik Murphy, although I believe that he will end up eventually transferring um, this this offseason. You have Arch Manning, who is certainly, you know, extraordinarily talented. And then you have Trey Owens, who, by the way, Steve Serkisian is going in for a home visit, I think, tomorrow with him. And on top of that, uh, you add in K.J. Lacey, the young man out of Saraland, who's going to be a top two or three quarterback in the country for 2025. No, the the quarterback room has never like or, or it's not even the room. What do you call it? Uh, pipeline? Is that a better yeah. word? The quarterback pipeline has never been better. And that is that's Steve Sarkeesian. That's Steve. Sar- well, A.J. milwee has been a piece of that, too, by the way. Not don't want to slight him at all because. He's been a big piece of the recruiting, but, you know, Sark came with him. What came with him was the knowledge that he produces elite quarterbacks, gets them highly drafted, prepares them for the league, et cetera. That is paying dividends at Texas right now. You've seen Quinn Ewer's development this year. What's he going to be like next year? I mean, NFL teams pay for that, and Sark knows it, and the quarterbacks behind him, Arch Manning, Peyton Manning, and Eli Manning. And Cooper Manning all knew it. There's a reason he ended up at Texas. By the way, I forgot to say this. Uh, Arch Manning's younger brother plays uh, at uh, Bishop Newman, I believe. He's going to be a guy that actually enrolls at Texas next year as well. So all those people saying, oh, Arch might be leaving Texas or any of this other stuff. His younger brother's attending Texas next year is my understanding. So I I wouldn't be so worried about that.
0: We had a super chat that came in there at the end. We're gonna get, we're gonna answer this one, then get out of here. Lee Barton says, "Gentlemen, does Texas still grab/slash go after Utah commit Magnolia product Hunter? Is the 2024? Is it a numbers crunch?
1: Hunter Andrews is his name, and the answer is we don't know. I mean, look, Ty Anthony Smith just became available, right? Apparently, and and is visiting Texas this weekend, according to published reports." Um, we don't know is is the answer. We don't know. Uh, and we'll see if he makes his visit to Texas. I believe he has some A&M ties, by the way, in his family. Um, and he remains committed to Utah at this point as well. So that's not, that's not of all the ones I'm talking about with Phil Samy and, um, Solomon Williams, Kobe Black, uh, and, uh, who else trying to think of it? Anyways, I, all of, uh, Ty Anthony Smith was the other one. He's the one I know least about um, in, in his recruitment at this point. And, and I agree with Ray Ray Peters. Good to see him. Um, I, I agree with him on all this. I, we don't know for sure.
0: Definitely. Uh, hey guys, tomorrow, uh, another big guest. We got some good guests lined up all week. I'm going to run down that real quick, Bobby. Of course, we do want to thank Tope for coming on today, but tomorrow we got a former Texas defensive end slash Super Bowl champion, that we- Alex Okafor, who, of course, won Super Bowl with the Chiefs not too long ago. Uh, He'll be joining us. He has a great YouTube channel, by the way. You need to go check that out. And then uh, on Thursday, as the women's volleyball get ready to go to the Final Four, we're going to have former national champion Texas volleyball star uh, and current Kent State head coach Haley Eckerman. She's going to be joining us. We're going to get her insight uh, on the Texas Final Four volleyball game that's coming up. On Thursday, as they get ready to battle number one Wisconsin, and God, Wisconsin's got some size, Bobby. <laughs> hey, we'll let her get in all that. She definitely knows a lot more than you and I ever will about volleyball. Uh, so we'll we'll let her tell you all about that. But tomorrow, Alex Okafor, we're very excited to have him on. And Bobby, what can people expect later today on, on Texas? Yeah,
1: we'll have we'll have the recruiting breakdown, and then we come back with the live stream late tonight. Rod Babers, myself, Aaron Hogan, talking Texas football recruiting, etc. And uh, you know, just keep coming back. We uh, we love it, Uh, and I'm telling you right now, guys, be on the lookout whether for news for Texas recruiting right now because Steve Sarkeesian is absolutely on fire. Texas is on fire. Period in the story. Go to the water cooler. Go fill up your coffee cup and tell your Aggie buddy that, (laughs) or elbow your longhorn friends say yeah we're doing it because that's what's
0: happening right now <laughs> exciting time no doubt about it and remember national signing day is eight days away december 20th i mean it's we're coming down to the nitty-gritty All kobe black
1: guys, tomorrow by the way we, don't forget that I, yeah. kobe black at 4 30 tomorrow so
0: no so texas could be adding more star power to that class we'll see what happens all right, guys. Well, thank you all for tuning in. Thank you all for the super chat. We definitely appreciate it. Be sure to hit that like and subscribe button and ring the bell so you're notified anytime and every time a video is posted right here on, on Texas Football. And for Bobby Burton, I'm Blake Monroe, and we'll see you at same time, same place, tomorrow morning. Book them.